Saponara with the chip. Oh no, he didn't. What a goal! And that is the way to finish. Ricardo Saponara, exquisite, glorious. Hello and welcome back to Serie A Spotlight episode 100. And to mark this momentous special event, Matthew is back. Hey guys. We'd like to thank Mintoff for filling in the formidable shoes of Matt. But please, brother, tell us, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to be back um, in the studio. Now, this is my first time recording in the nah, studio. Thoughts? Um, amazing, bro. What a place. We've I love got the, the kids. We've kids. got the bobbleheads. Yeah. Yeah. It still needs, still needs work, obviously. Course, but There's but no door. It's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I, I kind of like the curtain vibes. Um that's all. It's, it's, it's so good to be back, man. Obviously, I wasn't in, in, in Australia for a good time. Um, but after three weeks of, of missing games and, and missing this and missing my homies and, and missing work, finally I'm back drinking local beer here with you, brother. Yeah, yeah, bro. And what better way? Episode 100. Did you miss the Cagliari game? The comeback? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Devastating. I, I was in and out for most games. I mean, I, I always got up for Milan, but for most of them, I was falling asleep. It was late nights, early mornings over there. Um, I have a lot of catching up to do. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't try to record because... I, yeah, you would have been a mess, I think. <laughs> but Mintov is very good, huh? Yes, Mintov is brilliant. I enjoyed every single episode. Thank you, obviously, to Mintov as well for, for stepping in. Yes, I they really enjoyed it. The, the listeners were were, were enjoying it. Uh, Less manic his, than I remember. Yes, oh, man. he's settled, huh? he's matured. He's, uh, uh-huh. Maybe he's found a woman, he's not telling <laughs> us, but he's, he's definitely matured. But yes, um, guys, for our goal of the week, since there weren't any goals of the week, because it's the international b- break, we plugged in Saponara, our, our favourite over here. Obviously. You know, Ricky Sapi. Mm-hmm. And there we go, that fantastic goal he scored for Spezia against Roma and the Coppa Italia. Yeah. Before we get into it, guys, um, for this episode, we are going to ask each other a few questions. It's going to be a special. Some will be football-related, some might not be totally football-related, but obviously we'll always end up going back to football. We'll take um, questions that we collected through Instagram and Twitter over the past few days, and at the end, you'll actually hear from our patrons. Um, We asked them to each send a voice note, um, basically saying how they stumbled upon us, what they like um, about the show. And yeah, honestly, it was I got very emotional listening yeah. to it because I yeah. I never thought that this little thing we did meant so much to, to certain people and man it's like, great it's, it's really good and, and not not everyone sent in a voice note but we yeah. got a really good representation of the worldwide listeners that we have mm-hmm. we've got a listener from America we've got from the UK we've got from Norway you know we've, we've got a really good sample rate just to show you guys like how far we've come in, in 100 episodes whenever I speak to people about podcasts they always say the same thing so long as you get past episode five yeah. and you keep on going then then your community is likely to grow and, and that is really one thing that i've noticed doing this for a hundred times yeah essentially and they are what keep us going to be honest with you um i love when Every when i open my time. phone and people are reacting to what we said or people are like oh that really made me laugh that moment mm. please these things keep us going, of course. If it was dead silence, I'm sure we would have stopped a while yeah, back, right? Yeah, yeah. But yes, um, I'm going to thank the patrons before we get into it, bro. I'd like to thank Ed, Alan, Andy, Lena, Jose, Mintov, Tonna, Matteo, Luca, Argento, Anthony, Michael, and Matthias. Thank you very much, guys. We have a nice little mix over here. Yeah. Um, Milan fans, United fans, Chelsea fans, Juventus fans, an Atalanta fan, new Michael, yeah. welcome. 
Um, and Matthias, of course, is a Roma and a BK Hucken fan, if you know who those guys are, because <laughs> I most certainly do not. <laughs> we, we also have um, Anthony, Mr. Lokash, who, who um, also represents Italy, Greece and Australia yeah. in one. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, I was also meant to send a voice note, but he's having a great time in Malaysia, so I don't think... <laughs> I think the last thing he's thinking about right now is, <laughs> is the voice note he has to send us. Really enjoy, brother. Enjoy. But yeah, bro, I'm, I'm curious to see what you've cooked up for me and these questions that we have to prepare for each other. So the way we're going to do this is, I'm, I'm guessing, I ask one, take some time to discuss, and then you ask one, sure. and we take some time yes. to discuss. I think that would be the best way to go about this. So... I want to start off with a question about the podcast okay. to celebrate episode 100. Um, do you consider our podcast successful? If not, what is your measure for success? Um, so the podcast is successful in my opinion. Um, it's purely subjective. Um, I'm sure there will be people who look at the numbers and think maybe, yeah, you know, um, the total football podcast with Michael Richards, Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker yeah. got 10 million downloads in yeah. about 20 something episodes. All former well, footballers. We were on a hundred um, episodes with 20,000 downloads, you know, but I never even expected us to get this far. This was a little project. And for me, the fact that we have made connections with people who share our passion for football, that, that is, um, a clear sign of success for me. Um, I just love the fact that uh, I can open my phone at any point in the day and just talk about about football or or if something happens I and mean, I can't wait to put a spin on this or mm. or um you know talk about it quite frankly discuss it with you joke about it like the second someone celebrates in a weird way I'm already thinking like oh, like how are we going to fucking roast this yeah. guy like, on the podcast you know <laughs> so yeah for me it's something I enjoy doing um I, I have never kept something up for this long. I am the CEO of starting things and stopping. Oh, you know, same, even man. when it comes to gifts for Sarah, like I would, I would start making something and I would just give up. Like, yeah. um, I've, you know, I, the, I the teach. I've started, I, I started working on a book once, an, an English grammar book. I fucking mm. never finished that. Um, so many things, the gym, like you said. Yeah. And this is the one thing that, that has been consistent. Yeah. The, the stuck. And, and I think I'm, Pretty much mirroring what you said, I'm really glad we see it in the in the same way. What were our goals coming into setting this podcast up? Number one is that we won't give up on it and it'll be something consistent. It'll allow us to watch more football mm-hmm. and watch it more closely. And have an excuse to watch it. And have an excuse to watch the it. Girls the girls will be like, you're going to watch another game? We have to. It's yeah, work. It's, it's work. Yeah, I, it's it's work. the grand, baby. It's, it's the grand. grand. <laughs> no, damn. I really hate that I have to watch Bologna Genoa right now. I really, I really don't want to be watching it. Like, Sign me up! <laughs> and um, the, the most important thing to me out of this is that you and I got to do something like this together that we got to keep it up and, and that we got to build a, a small community. Yeah, yeah. That if, if you had to tell me we'd have our group of friends listening to our podcast and they were super engaged and listening to it and it's 10 of them, then I'd probably keep mm-hmm. on doing it. You know what I mean? That yeah. That is the way in which I measure the success. Hopefully one day, because you need to also shoot for the stars. So we've got our mm-hmm. our success because we're nice grounded guys then that is our idea of success however there always needs to be a next step and if there isn't a next step then you can get a little bit stagnant and 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 the hunger can die so um, i wonder what that next step will be i think it's 
I think the the shop is the next step. Merch, yeah. merchandise. You know, um, figuring out how to do it. Um, I want to buy a printer. Tomorrow's Black Friday. Um, start making prints. Um, make them available. Um, hand out a few to our patrons. Yeah. Uh, after I figure out how to fucking send things overseas. <laughs> 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 and eventually a t-shirt print would be cool. A yeah. t-shirt press. They're like 200 euro apparently. You could yeah. totally get one and make a few t-shirts as well. That'd be nice. I think that could be a, that would make us maybe sustainable, you know, uh-huh. give us a, another, mm-hmm. another front. But Increasing our output on social media. Obviously definitely, you've, you've been doing that by yourself since I've been away. Yeah. Um, so it'll be good having both of us back here so we could start getting millions of views again on singular <laughs> videos. <laughs> on stupid controversial videos <laughs> quite literally <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah and and i don't know like it, it it sounds a bit like a dream but doing this full time mm-hmm. is is the astronomical goal yes like yeah, uh, right nice. now like i would so be that guy to like not that i want to quit my job or anything like that but I'd so be that guy to to take a risk but just like most people you know got a loan to pay off and this and that which doesn't make it quite sustainable to take such a risk at this stage um but who knows man who knows the the most important thing is that um look the the most difficult thing about growing in in any field is um stopping the goalposts from moving Mm. that is the most difficult thing about let's say for example even when it comes to career you start off at minimum wage, you work for 10 years, all of a sudden you're making triple what you started out with. Yeah. For example, I'm not sure if that's, if that's a good example, if that's an accurate example, but let's use that for now. Um, if you lived 10 years after you started working the same way that you lived when you started working, then you would live like a rich man. The problem is that we always want a bigger house, a better car, better yeah. clothes, a more expensive trip, you know? The, the thing that we have to do is is keep our goals within reach yeah and remain consistent and enjoy it because if we're yeah. not enjoying it and if we're not giving out good content people will feel that we're not into it you know yeah and that's when the listeners will drop 100 percent. i couldn't yeah. i couldn't agree more i'm glad we see eye to eye with that let's yeah cheers. give it a bit of a cheers Cheers, All right. Man. Now, my, my questions aren't as um, insightful as yours. In fact, my first question is, who is your favorite patron? There's no way. There's some patrons I've knew from age four, like yeah. Theo. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then there's um Alan certainly got an unfair advantage because he he flew to Malta yeah. and, and, and we invited him over to ours and, and watched match day one of, of Serie A together with him. Um and then Lokash is hilarious, Matthias is a is a genius, Alan is fucking hilarious, Lena is brilliant like she, she doesn't speak that much but when she yeah. does it's always something fucking brilliant yeah. I, I i love them all man I can't. yeah i love them all equally no favorites <laughs> right now i'll ask you my first real question okay. okay do you ever worry that you're too good looking to be hiding behind an audio <laughs> on the podcast <laughs> come on man. <laughs> <laughs> No, Jesus no. Christ. no right, my first real question if you had to replace me with another co-host any other co-host in the world who would it be any, you can pick anyone. Oh my God. Any co-host anyone, in the world. Yes. Any co-host in the you world. You can be sat here with Cassano or Obama, like whoever you want. Like. Okay, before Cassano opened his mouth, I really liked him. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his, 
his attitude and all that. But he's a like, terrific player back in the day. I mean, play style, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I remember when he joined Milan in the latter stages of his career, he was just brilliant, man. Brilliant. As, a, as that number 10 role that doesn't yeah. exist too commonly anymore. <laughs> so to that beer. Oh. Um, a part of me wants to say. Gattuso, right? Mm. A strong part of me wants to imagine imagine that content. (laughs) Yes, because (laughs) I would would absolutely love that. Um, There are some brilliant hosts um, on other platforms Mm. um, that I really like. I really like the the Serie A sit down guys, for example. They're 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 absolutely, yeah, Frank and Richard. They're, They're absolutely brilliant. I'd love to have. Either one of them, even if we could like do a collaboration yeah. with them one day, that 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 would be pretty sick. But but I think I I do have to say Gattuso. Gattuso. Yeah. Okay. So you could be the eloquent one. The, 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 yeah. The unpredictable. Exactly. One. But but the, the thing is, I um have met someone when I was working in hotels um who was looking after the the Maltese national team. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like the hospitality guy. He books their hotels, books their flights, makes sure they're in on time. This and that. And he actually used to be that guy um, for Milan. He was a Maltese man. Okay. Now, allegedly, obviously, yeah. this is what the, the gentleman told me. He was telling me stories about Pirlo, Gattuso, and Inzaghi. Apparently, firstly, all of them chain smokers. Oh, smoking what? cigarettes, uh, smoking this is, this cigarettes. Is, they, this guy made claim, okay, guys? He, this he is made, not, not a, he made, a he made claim. He made claim, but we have heard stories about Pirlo mm. being a smoker before. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's not new news. Now, what, was he doing it at the height of his career? I don't know. This guy made made claim. Um, but where was I going with this? Um, ah, and, and he said that, that Gattuso, Pirlo and Inzaghi together were fucking hilarious yeah. and, and, and troublemakers. And I think we see it with... Gattuso's press conferences and, and, and this and that. There's a famous story of Zlatan picking up Gattuso and putting him in a yes. bin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another yes. one where Gattuso rammed his he stabbed someone with a fork. Yes, bro. Whatever, whatever yes. it was. Like and, and another one, he ate a bug, he ate a snail or a slug. Gattuso, he, they made him, they bet that he wouldn't do it. He did it and he gave all the money to the kitmen. Now that's the energy. That, that is the energy that you need on, on this podcast, man. Just, just starts eating bugs yeah, at, at any given that's moment. It. You know who else I'd like to have on? Fucking Gino da Campo, man. If, if he's into this area at all, he's in Malta right now. He's opening a restaurant on Mercury Towers. <laughs> oh man, it'd be, it'd be hilarious. I wonder if he's into this area though. Cool. Who would you choose? I like James Horncastle. Oh man. The horn. Oh, the horn. Who's uh, that guy? Uh, I know who you're talking about. The guy I like. I like him as well. Um, what the hell is his fucking name? Gab Marcotti. Yes, He's bro. so He's good. Fucking... He's so level-headed. What a, what a good mm-hmm. pundit he is. There, there was this one where, where everyone was shitting on the quality of Italian teams in uh-huh. the Champions League and, and the way he leveled out these Premier League legends and, and, and pundits and stuff. He really brought them back down to earth. Yeah, that would be great. Um, also... Uh, if I have to go for a legend, I think it would be Paolo Maldini. His English is amazing. Oh, it is. Um, very elegant. It makes me look like pure shit. Mm. But, um, but yeah, that would be fun to, yeah. a fun guy to have on the podcast with for oh, sure. But, but James, James Horn Castle, that, that, that was a brilliant answer. Yeah, I'd, thank you. I'd, I'd agree with you over there. That's James Horn Castle would take your seat. Yeah. 
with, with his voice. Yeah. <laughs> his his name matches his voice perfectly. I always love in the cast. It's it's funny because he's got like this chill demeanor. And then his hair is fucking crazy, dude. So it's like a yep. juxtaposition, what do you say? Like, yeah. I, I guess. You're the English teacher here, I'm not. All right. So sell me a pen. Write something down for me. Roasted. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Go on right here, baby. <laughs> um, my question. Yeah, yeah. Now. What is your favorite and least favorite part of this podcast? So, okay. Um, okay, okay. My favorite part is when we have like a crazy comeback or a crazy goal and we start getting getting into it and we start mm-hmm. kind of like spiraling and making jokes and like the jokes get slightly more inappropriate and we look at each other and we're like, should we keep that in? And we're like, fuck it, we keep it in. <laughs> and we're kind of really threading on the edge. I, I love that. That's my favorite part of the part. The laughs, man. Yeah. Like the, the Ribéry joke will live with me forever, bro. You you killed me. And that was like early days. Serious, Very early. Um, yeah. The joke for those of you who don't know was that uh, please you have you have the voice in the. I said Ribery had the number seven shaved into his head. What does this signify? How many minutes of football he's fit to play, or the amount of times he's fucked an underage prostitute? <laughs> that <laughs> and was it, and it killed me. It caught me off guard <laughs> like crazy. This was at the time, of course, Salern- uh, Ribery was at Salernitana and he could he was barely fit enough to play. And of course, you all know the allegations. And my least favorite part is when there is when there um, when there are two. Match weeks in a week. Oh man, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. And we either have to choose to group them or to release an episode halfway through the week when the next match day starts the next week, making mm. people lose interest in the episode. Yeah, I I never know what to do over there. I want to cover every single game, but it gets so crammed at time. The yeah. times the schedule and and like sometimes like there'll be fucking four games at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday when, when that shit happens. Yeah, so we'll, yeah, end, yeah, up, we'll yeah. end up missing most games. Like, what am I going to say exactly. if I didn't watch the game? Exactly. Like, how yeah. could I sit here and, and, and preach if I wasn't there watching every single second of the game? Yeah, you've got like, all right, so match day seven, for example, finishes on a Monday, and then you have Wednesday and Thursday, you've got the next match day. Exactly. And all the games happen in those two days. So you don't even have time to watch the extended highlights, like and they yeah. fucking notes and like... You don't have any time to do anything. Yeah, right? and we're here complaining, let alone the players, man. The Jesus players. Christ. Like... The players play for those 90 minutes, they train leading up to it. They only to prepare another nine games. They don't want to focus on. So yes, what I'm saying right now is our job is more difficult <laughs> exactly. than that of a football player. <laughs> <laughs> that of a full-time athlete. But yeah, what about you, bro? What's your favorite part of this? I'd say I, I mirror your favorite part to to perfection. It's it's. I I think to to add a little bit to that, it's it's when we've had a bit too much to drink as well, and we're just being absolutely manic on the podcast. And then we there always was one time we we're gonna give up. Remember, yeah. <laughs> we, we couldn't even speak. It was like we got, <laughs> we're saying like four words, and we're just bursting out laughing. <laughs> when we had the um. It was the season Milan won the league. Yeah. The best season. season. The best season. And we did. The first season we started. Yeah. Yeah. And we did the extravaganza, Mm. right? No, actually, it was, yeah, it was the season Milan won the league, but it was in December, January, where there was the break. Oh my God. We did extravaganza. The four hour. It was a four hour. We we called it, did we call it Bohemian Rhapsody? No, we called it extravaganza. (laughs) We called Bohemian Rhapsody one that was 10 minutes longer than the rest, I remember. But the extravaganza, for those of you that don't know, was recorded over three days. 
we got drunk recording it three days in a row. <laughs> we're hungover. Halfway through, we're hungover, getting drunk again. And we had two events. Some of the we had just New Year's Eve, bro. We were recording it over no on New Year's bro. Eve. Because we had some events, so we're like pre-drinking and recording the podcast mm-hmm. while doing it. So I, I like it when we get a little bit messy yeah, on the podcast. Same. I think we've got the crowd to enjoy it as well. My least favorite part is when... I didn't watch too much Serie A and I'm prepping for the podcast and I'm like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes weekends get Honestly, busy. Honestly, when that happens, bro, kick back, extended highlights, just put yeah, them on and, yeah. and, and relax. Like. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Because because honestly, there's nothing worse. If you have read. a very busy weekend, then you have to prepare. Yeah. Like and you have to the, read every article exactly, under the sun exactly. that was written about yeah, it. And fact check everything. Yeah. Because it can get tedious, you know. Yeah. Um, and in that case, you know, the the opin- the discussion would be more stats based and facts based and opinion based. Yeah, don't give them the the secrets now because the they'll know it. We haven't know, watched the game. Know, like, like ah, this guy's just dropping percentage statistics. <laughs> yeah. over here, like, uh, oh, wow, Tomori's had seven recoveries this game. Like, ah, really? <laughs> Someone didn't watch the game. <laughs> but yeah, bro. Uh, my next question for you. Um, all right, I'll, I'll go for this one actually. You played as a goalkeeper for Mosta FC when you were a kid, right? Yes. So first of all, how old were you? Because my my memory is fucked. Uh, from from age of nine to age eleven. Okay, so from nine to eleven, you were a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, where where the hell did you? even get the desire to be a goalkeeper and I, I don't even remember you like ever mentioning being a goalkeeper I just remember you coming home one day and being like oh, I'm a goalkeeper now like what happened <laughs> Iker Casillas happened to Iker me bro Casillas, Iker Casillas I was absolutely obsessed with Casillas I had started watching Real at a very young age I started watching Real in 2003 I was five years old man <laughs> um, I started watching Florentino Perez's initial Galacticos um, I remember fucking David Beckham signing. I remember what? the lot. It's because our cousin supported Real Madrid, so I was super yeah, yeah. into them from a from a very young age. And I was obsessed with Casillas because he was a young goalkeeper and he was God, bro. He was good. Casillas, Ka- he was God, man, but between the sticks. Obviously, I really liked him because he's a, a sensitive and emotional guy. Um, you see him like you exactly I, I felt like I could idolize him because other footballers you look at the Zlatans you look at this and that a lot of people really put not saying Zlatan is, that isn't his natural personality but so many people put on a front Casillas mm-hmm. was just emotion he was he was mm-hmm. himself entirely um, he'd, he'd make a good save and, and you could see him start to tear up yeah. when he lifted the World Cup bawling out but when Real won the 2007 league when Reyes scored that doppietta, um, crying his eyes out. And I remember our, our parents used to tease me a lot, like, ah, oh, look at Casillas, what a baby, he's crying. And I used to get so offended, bro. Toxic. <laughs> <laughs> um, bro, who was, was it... Um... Lopez, who benched him. At yeah, Madrid. Diego Lopez. And then he was bought Mourinho. by Milan. Yeah, then he was bought by Milan. He was benched he was by Donnarumma. Sixteen-year-old Donnarumma, wow, bro. Man, that's that's uh, worlds collide. Huh? Yeah. Um, okay, uh, but you were very good, huh? I, and I uh-huh. think, come to think of it, if I remember correctly, whenever we played football in the garage, I was always taking shots, and you were always the keeper. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. probably you were molded into. I mean, we, I used to 
terrain, bro, as a goalkeeper. Because we had drawn a goalpost in our garage, <laughs> but we had a, a big garage growing up. We also had a monument of our of our great-grandfather great <laughs> who had built a, one of the first hotels in Malta. So they had erected a monument and they were keeping it in our garage <laughs> until they found a place to, to keep this. And me and Matt as kids would position this monument in different places and fucking kick the ball <laughs> to the monument to try to get him to score a header. Like, was, <laughs> we used to call him Yupstar. Yup. <laughs> Our our dad used to work um, Used to work in catering um, At this hotel So he used to work really long hours And used to come home late And whenever I'd hear the garage door opening Which was manual back then It was a metal Mm. manual door I'd go sprinting down With my (laughs) gloves on And I'd throw a ball at him The poor guy would be fucking exhausted So he's because I used to tell him two goals and that's it two goals and we go up and those two goals sometimes used to take like 40 minutes he'd be shooting and just like shooting and he can't score and then he'll score one and be like no that hit the post that's amazing, that's amazing. But that, that's, how, that's how I became good because every day yeah. I, I used to play But then the problem is You stopped at 5-9 five, five, Probably 5-8 five, eight, five, eight, I've, I've had a, I've had quite a reckoning recently <laughs> like. Really? So uh-huh. Someone pulled out the tape? Someone pulled out the, It was the first time in Australia oh the, the, the last last March oh, Well, look Measure me out That's why this trip was so negative for me. That's why he gives away for personal issues If I'm not in 5-8 So I went to Australia Where everyone's fucking huge <laughs> And a bit cold <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I guess that's my question now. Please. So I've got a would you rather. Okay. A hypothetical okay. here, okay? Would you I'm rather. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather yeah. give up the podcast? Okay. And Milan win five Scudetti and two Champions Leagues in 10 years. Or keep the podcast, the podcast, Jesus, the podcast. And watch another Milan banter era for the next 10 years. Oh my god, you can't. <laughs> it's five five leagues and... What? Five five Scudetti and two Champions in Leagues ten in years. 10 years. Oh my god. Bro, I joy. would be drunk every day if that happened. Oh my god, what a fucking... And you know what? Tossing a Coppa Italia as well. <laughs> Milan banter era means fighting for Europa League. You know what the thing is? I would be thinking about. I, I want to be talking about this right now. That's the thing, right? I want to be recording and, and Such covering good content. This. No, it's great content. Um, but then again, another banter era, man. I'd be forty by the time we come out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to cry, no, bro. That's not really gonna happen. Fuck me, man. Um, <laughs> you know what, man? I'm keeping the pod. Whoa! I'm keeping it. Apart. I'm keeping that. What a mistake! Fucking makes one of what us. What a mistake! Bro. Fuck it. <laughs> that means one of us. Yeah. I I can't, man. I can't. No, I, I can't. I can't just no, give I'm, it up. I'm only messing. Like, the, I don't know what happens after the ten years. You know, am I gonna be one of those guys? Ah, uh, they call this Milan. Mm. Look, yeah, man. Seeing Gullit. What, what, <laughs> what had attracted me to Milan? It's not like most people who. All right, I grew up watching Milan, who were insane. You know what I mean. Yeah. But the thing that really drew me to Milan was watching them fucking suffer, man. Yeah, oh, honestly, watching man. them honestly. suffer. Yeah, 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 and and there are fucking shout out to all the homies that were there throughout those eight years 
of shit that busted their nuts. The Bonaventuras. Yeah. The Romagnolis. Yeah. The, who were the there? Jeremy Menes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Bacca. Tarrapped. Bacca, that one season. Bacca, that yeah. one season. That one you season know what I mean? Dislike Suso, Suso, who really helped take Milan Romagnoli renewed when everything seemed to be yes over, bro man. yes like, shout out to all, shout out to Ricardo Rodriguez shout out to Borini man yeah um, they did they did their best man you know that was the thing they they didn't have the quality to be playing at that level mm. most of them but they but they proved many people those are my times and they, Milan and they gave, heroes and they gave their all man they those gave were my Milan heroes bro Yeah, yeah, same man to be honest. Um, oh, of course, I remember very clearly that um, 2017 man. Yeah, of course. And of and course. for me, those we met them, those, bro. We, we, we met them, met them in, but in I the hardly remember because I almost vomited, man. <laughs> I turned red, I got dizzy, and I don't know what happened afterwards. <laughs> you remember calling D that tall, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you're tall. <laughs> you're so tall, man. <laughs> What language was Cedar speaking? Bro? God knows, bro. Probably Dutch. Dutch does yeah. not sound chill like. He didn't give us the time of day, Cedar. No, Cedar was on the phone. He kept, kept going, going but right? El Presidente, no? El Presidente. El Presidente. The guy that took the most time out for us. Kakaber, Kaladze, dude. Yes. Yeah. Shout out. What a guy. Love Georgia. He even posed for a picture like they were yeah. invited to dinner. Kaka right? was. Wow, man. We met fucking Kaka. Yeah, that was nice. I, he took nice, a, he nice took a photo with, with Nandunev. Yeah. Non non ev. Non non ev. R.I.P. R.I.P. Bro. Um, all right, bro. Um, favorite book and movie. <laughs> <laughs> Crime or punishment? Is it really your favorite, favorite book? book? I'm, I'm almost finished from it, and it's ridiculous. I'm getting Raskolnikov tattooed in March. <laughs> I swear. Oh, there we go. I swear. I swear. I can't read a book without getting a tattoo. Like, it's such a achievement. So count Matthew's tattoos. That's how many books he's read. <laughs> My favorite movie is Moneyball. Okay, it's about so Paolo Maldini. Wolf of Wall Street, and I was setting you up for for a no Moneyball. Moneyball is great. I love what Moneyball. What a movie! What yeah, I watch Moneyball. Bro. I was like, I don't watch Moneyball. I don't care about baseball. I, I watched it, and I was like, wow, what, what what about what a movie, dude? I've watched it three to four times. I watched it again on the way to Australia, by the way, because it's always on on. I mean, might as well you had like three years. It was no, al- it's like, always on Emirates and Turkish Airlines. Always there. Every single time Hattie hits that home run, every single time he hits it and the na, na, music comes on, tears. But not like tearing up, like tears, man. Wow. Every single time I watch that scene, I cry. You, you watch Everyone him? fucking doubts him. He's got a weird elbow, like <laughs> it's a mess. No one, they go to see him for the first time. Paolo Maldini rocks up to recruit him and he's like, I can't throw for shit. I can't play for shit. Like yeah. that was the beginning. And in the end, that's a true story, bro. It's crazy. Now ask me the real question, please. Uh, that was my real question, man. Favorite book and movie? Yeah, man. Why not? You know? All right. All <laughs> like, right. Okay, let, we never talk about ourselves. You know, true, man. So why not, man? Tell them about you. Now they know that you like Moneyball and you like fucking Raskolnikov or the fuck his mm, name. Crime and punishment. Crime and punishment. But an- another great book. If we're, if I'm, I'm really answering these questions now. If, if you guys don't like novels or anything like that, read Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday is great, man. What he does is 
rather than writing self-help, he writes about a message. So like the message of this book, for example, is stillness. So being in the moment, allowing the world to slow down and you being in the moment and being present. What he does instead of preaching this for 350 pages is he gives you tiny, tiny stories about mm. how successful people have exercised stillness to help them become great. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a fantastic read. He's great. He simplifies the uh, Marcus Aurelius types and all the yeah. uh, ancient literature, quite frankly. Um, Alan once made a good point, though, that um, a good way to actually learn about Stoicism and, um, and all, all these philosophical things is Honestly, watch university lectures on it. I, I watch some uh, Jordan Peterson ones, and even though they're not exactly um, on stoicism mm-hmm. and, and all that, like psychology and, and philosophy yeah. And, yeah. and stuff like that, he uses, last time he used a Ladybird book, one of those kiddie books, as an analogy. It was. Do, do, do the imitation, bro. <laughs> The difference between black and white people is that they don't have enough melanin <laughs> in their system. I don't know who has melanin and who doesn't, and whatever. That's the, the clear difference between them. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, what's your favorite book and movie? <laughs> All right. Um, my favorite book. Oh man, I, I really enjoy these like literary classics that are like, like horror, like Dracula, Dracula. And fucking Frankenstein, mm. like Mary Shelley's Fuck Frankenstein. Mm. Love that shit, bro. It's written so well. Like, We've got so many at home, yeah. bro. You so picked ma- up some. I picked recently. up a few, yeah, brother. I grew up reading Goosebumps, Shivers, and all that stuff. Like, I'm a big horror fan. Um, However, I, I, I have enjoyed many biographies. I remember when I was quite young, to be honest, so I, my memory might be skewed mm. on how good this book actually was, but I remember being so entertained by Ozzy Osbourne's biography. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I read for the first time, actually, because it wasn't in our syllabus at school, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Oh. Fantastic book. Fantastic book. Ah, I'm, I'm saying, oh, not because I've read it, yeah. but because you've, you've told it's me all about so, it. So, so, so well written, man. That's, I, I like, I like, I like these types mm. of books. Um, when it comes to my favorite film, I have no idea what your favorite film is, man. Man, I don't even know what my favorite. Oh, film. I know what your favorite film is. What's my favorite film? Enter the Void. Enter the Void is my favorite fucking. Film. Okay, so I have. I, okay, I, I forgot I had that whole rabbit hole in my life. <laughs> so Enter the Void is a crazy film. For for those who don't don't know the, this film, it's a lot. It's very heavy. Um, I recommend. It bracing yourselves before watching it the director of this film actually directed another movie just to raise money to make this movie which was the original movie he wanted to make enter the void it's film pov it's about um it's a story that combines dmt the drug with the mexican book of the dead like yeah and uh, it's it's a trip this movie I also enjoyed the Korean version. I sound so pretentious right now. <laughs> no, but you're the, the you're, Korean version. You're not pretentious. Of, you're you're weird. I'm weird. Like, you're, yeah, you're, I'm weird. Uh-huh. I, I haven't even watched Oppenheimer or Barbie. They do Whoa. nothing for me, do they? I watched Oppenheimer. I enjoyed it. I'd rather watch like I don't know something stupid. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, the the Korean version of Old Boy, the original version. Mm. Um, Old Boy is part of a revenge trilogy made by this director. And it's, it's crazy. The, the plot twist at the end would blow your mind. Like, mm. but yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I enjoy football. 
shows, yeah. football series as well. Um, I really enjoyed Ted Lasso for for a family show. I I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah. to be honest. No, anything football. I just watched Beckham. Oh my god, Beckham was um, I watched Figo. That mm-hmm. was brilliant. Um, I remember when when I was much younger, I read the Roy Keane autobiography, mm. and that was excellent. It was yeah. really really fucking good, man. I read. Um, Adrenaline by Zlatan oh. in Africa. That's a nice read mm. as well. It's very interesting. You have to read Crime and Punishment while I'm done with it. It's a commitment. I started listening to the audiobook, but I, I, it was, I was just killing myself. I was just putting it on before bed, falling asleep and losing where I was. Uh. And then listening. And like, I remember it's like I would be listening to the story. It sounds familiar, but not enough for me mm. to know what's going to happen. But then when it no, happens, no. I say, ah, yes, because I would have fallen asleep. Jake, we are fucking, all right, we're, we're, Gen Z, I think you're, Gen, Gen, you're Z, not Gen Z. No. We were taught in a very millennial manner where unless we're reading something, we're not going to learn it. Unless we're writing something down, we're not going to learn it. And you read this book, that that's the fucking true way that you're going to follow the story yeah. and get familiar with the characters. Fair enough. It's unbelievable, man. Now for my question. Mm-hmm. Again, mine are way less personal questions than than yours. <laughs> okay. um, we understood different assignments from what it seems. <laughs> But what is your favorite goal in football history? Um, oh man, the only thing I can think of right now is Kaká's goal against United. That's a where he made Heinze and Evra, 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 Evra and Heinze. Yeah, I think so. He made them kiss, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was a crazy goal. Yeah, um, yeah, that's one of my favorite goals for sure. Um, I also really enjoyed watching Zlatan's goal for Sweden against England. There, that was yeah. that was a crazy goal as well. Um, Ronaldo's bicycle kick against Juve was a mental goal. Um, Luis Muriel had a goal where he fake shots the goalkeeper, but touches the ball just enough to bounce to like bounce it like past mm. him and just taps it in. That was a goal of pure mm. finesse, like. Um, I enjoy Totti's, I enjoy Totti's chips from out of the box. Yeah. And it's hard to pick one, you know, but I think the one that stuck with me the most was Kaka's. Mm. Mine is for what it was and for what it meant. Hmm. Qualiarellas against Napoli. Oh my God. Takes the cake. Oh my God. Without, without <laughs> a doubt. Berzinski Becker, oh my goodness! What a moment of magic! He's just retired, he's announced his retirement. But for those of you that don't know what that goal meant for Qualiarella, there there has to be a movie about this one day or a docuseries or something on on Qualiarella's life. Look Mm -hmm. it up if you guys don't know it. But basically, this was a guy who all he's wanted his entire life is to play for Napoli, mm-hmm. right? His boyhood team, his favorite club, it was his dream. After a string of fantastic performances from season to season, he gets to represent them. But what he was looking forward to the most turned into probably the most, not probably, it yeah. was definitely the most devastating period of his life, something that I hope no one listening ever goes through. He was being stalked by, by someone, his protector, by someone very close to him, only to find out that it was his protector. But mm. while he was at Napoli, he was receiving threats, finding notes in his house, blackmail. Because uh, yes, the uh, darkest this, shit. 
This forced him to move and the best suffer came from Juve and the Napoli fans resented him and they hated him for it and they viewed him as a traitor when in reality he was just protecting himself. For his it entire was, career. So, so devastating. His man. favorite football team, he got the chance to play for them and it was devastating and the fans resented him forever because he moved mm. to Juve. Mm. Upon his return to face Napoli for Sampdoria, after the news had come out and various articles were released regarding the fact that his protector was arrested because he was proven guilty. Yeah. I believe it was a police officer. Yeah, the police officer that, that was assigned to his case and a close friend of his, I believe. Hmm. He, he met him through a mutual friend yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. He was welcomed back to the Maradona Stadium and the entire Napoli fans had banners saying we are so sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. we are so then fucking then sorry he does that. and then Berezinski whips a ball in yeah. and he just back heels it in midair fucking keeper rooted to the spot doesn't celebrate the entire stadium goes nuts Sampdoria win 3-0 and you could just see him his reaction to scoring that goal it's like just the biggest relief mm. ever in history. It was also uh, an I'm him moment. Uh, like Massive a, I'm him yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I'm going to say this. We did truffles together in Amsterdam. Yeah. We got weird. We got <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Um, while Mintoff and Santi were recording in our behalf, um, early episodes, if you go check them out, they called themselves the Jubilanis because yeah. of, the, of their, um, their heads. <laughs> We spent 30 minutes of our seven hour long trip, whatever it was, watching Quagliarella goals over and yeah. over and over again. And I wouldn't have it any other way. They call him Mr. Wondergoal for a reason. That it's is a dream my, goal. That has to be my favorite goal ever for what it meant and for the way it was scored. Yeah. It was perfect, man. Um, the best goal I've ever witnessed live was Theo against Atalanta. Yes, bro, we were and there together and I fucking dislocated your shoulder and a goal that lives with me in recent memory that was pivotal for um, Milan's Scudetto win was Giroud's goal against Inter where he absolutely oh. fucking did Devry and then started yeah. at home that was so good when I wrote this question the first one that came to mind um, not as my favourite but as one I I can't believe happened was Pato against Barca in the oh 26th my, yeah, second yeah, yeah, that was crazy as well Oh my god. Milan were such underdogs in that game and 26 seconds in fucking prime Alexandre Pato. Man, it's not possible. It's like he has another gear steps. to get into. It's like he took four steps yeah. to, <laughs> to get right in front of the keeper. Like just knocks the ball around Puyol. Like ridiculous goal. Ridiculous. Yeah, good question. Thank you. Name a well pre. Uh, okay, let's try that again. <laughs> Name a well rated player you deem to be overrated. I'm going to stick to Serie A for the theme. Okay. Right? A well-rated player who I believe is overrated. Mm. Oof. I'm going to have to be a bit controversial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We love it. What I'm actually going to say, it's Milan Starman. Leao. Oh my god. You are. Okay, this is the most controversial thing you've ever said on the podcast. I think Leao is overrated. 
What, what do you think is overrated by him? I think about him. So the argument of he can only do one thing can quickly be um, diminished because he is mainly successful at doing that and he's incredibly effective mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. At, at, sure. at doing that. Sure, sure, sure. But when he's neutralized to doing that, like with a low block or something like that, and you give him time with the ball, maybe just outside the area, he can't pick a pass that's going to set a teammate up unless he takes it to the byline. Mm -hmm. His forward passing in that sense is awful. His decision-making isn't great. His shooting is terrible. (laughs) Honestly, honestly. (laughs) And he's way too big for his boots. I think, like... There's no one that can do what he does in the sense yeah, that yeah, running down yeah. the wing and then yeah. cutting it back. Like what he did against Napoli, what he did against all these teams and then the Scudetto winning team, sure. But he's not the next Yeah, look, thing. look, the thing is I, I tend to agree with you because um, when it comes to getting the ball on the counter and taking the ball to the byline and slowing the pace of the game down and then bursting and absolutely... Destroying everyone by getting into a gear that the that the defenders don't even have. You can't fall. You can't. You can't. It doesn't even look like he's running at his max speed and he's destroying mm-hmm. everyone. That is, he's elite. I don't think there are many uh, players better than him. At when all. he turns at all. it on, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he starts uh, dribbling past he all can. these players for fun, it's magnificent. Yeah, it, it's incredible. But he doesn't seem to have understood his skill set. And I said he's getting a bit too big for his boots. Perhaps these long range shots, I can't stand them. I don't think I ever recall him scoring in front of the box ever. Um, so okay fair enough fair enough um, for me I have two answers okay you know one of them very well because you lived through I think two or three years of me fucking cursing and hating this guy think carefully think about Milan players one that I couldn't stand bro do you remember who it was <laughs> it was a striker <laughs> was it Bakka Bakka dude you hated Bakka I couldn't stand Bakka because okay granted Great finisher, fox in the box, a poacher like no other. In right? Spain, he was ridiculous. Yeah, but he, he's a luxury player. You need everything behind him to be perfect to have a yeah. player like that. You need a team that can build play up without needing the number nine to get involved. Mm. And uh, Milan weren't that. Milan would always try to play with Baca. And like if if the team was superior, if the op- opposing team had a superior midfield, Baca would be invisible for mm-hmm. the entire game mm-hmm. until maybe a cross went into the box and he yeah. did score like but he, his build up play was terrible he had no weak foot he would always go for the rubble on any time the ball was on his weak foot and everyone was like wow he's so good like no he's shit mm-hmm. he can't even shoot with his weak foot like he's doing this fucking rubble on now granted it went in like twice but but yeah I couldn't stand I, I couldn't stand him, I couldn't stand him I thought it always felt like Milan were a man down and granted he had one incredible season with uh-huh. Milan and the rest like were what I expected to be honest and the next one is slightly controversial as well was Ronaldo at Juve Um, Ronaldo at Juve should have been a nine to start off Mm. with he should have been their striker he played where he wanted to play which was out on the wing and I don't recall him dribbling a player ever 
I don't think he ever dribbled a player. And he was... He shifted to a nine and then... And he he was, did. Ah, was and then in fact, good. he has that uh, clip where he beats a Sampdoria man to a header. He makes him look like he plays a different sport. Yeah. Um, he scored beats great him to, He scored that ridiculous yeah. header he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the fuss was too much every time he scored. It's like you see these big pages. I know Ronaldo brings that about him, right? Oh, he's still got it. He's killing it and say, yeah, no, he's not, man. He watched the game. Half the time, he's getting the ball out wide. He's doing a step over and he's passing because he can't beat his man yeah. he's, or he's getting tackled. Yeah. Right? And that was the reality of it. Um, another one, Buffon at Parma. Don't at me. <laughs> Buffon at Parma and say, B, if you watch the footage, it's uh, it can be uh, quite but bad. But he makes a simple save. Exactly. And everyone posts it on Twitter. Uh, but that's it about aging. You don't remain mm. as, as sharp as you once were. But please, bro, your next one. My next question. God, that was a good question. I overrated on Thanks. This is my last question for you. Mm-hmm. If you were an aspiring footballer mm-hmm. and needed to choose one player, past or present, to teach you how to play in all positions, who would you choose? Rade Kronich. <laughs> 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 Brian Cristante. <laughs> to teach me how to play all positions. Um... That was a yes, by the way, because sometimes I nod at you and I forget we don't do video. Yeah. Um, all positions. All right, so it needs to be a player who's absolutely complete in every every department, man. Like it's a Goretzka go- type. Like, yeah, it's know? basically a question of who's the most complete footballer ever. Uh, he needs to teach you how to be a fox in the box. He needs to teach you how to be a crusher. He needs to teach you how to be creative. Maybe quick down the wings or at least tricky down the wings. Hard man at the back. Oh man, I don't know what picked to teach me how to do everything, man. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, a player that's coming to mind is, um, you know what, man? I would have to pick a midfielder because I feel like yeah. the reading of the game is, uh, yeah. is, is better than most. You know, I would go for Pirlo. Whoa. I'd go for Pirlo. Teach me, like, teach me your ways. Teach me how to maintain a walking but pace for the entire... Yes, man, because he was uh, right, playing right in front of the defense for most of his career, you know. He would position himself enough that he didn't actually have to get into dirty challenges. He never actually had to sprint. Mm. You know, his football IQ was incredible. The rest, I guess, is you either have it or you don't, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I would pick Pirlo. I would go option... Let me start with option B and I mm. get to option A. So option B, Clarence Seydorf. Clarence Seydorf is the perfect answer, actually. You're right. That's that's. He's okay. option B. He's option B. So there's a better one. The better one. Who is it? Option A is Zinedine Zidane, bro. Oh my God, all right, bro. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I made this question. Yeah, I had a lot of time to think about it. Zidane, man. Zidane is a crazy answer. He's like a ballerina turned footballer. Literally, crazy, man. man. He's got size. There was that video, man, of the clip of him playing that game with Juve when the pitch was flooded and he's using the water to, to fake to faint even more he's yep. splashing he's creating splashes so the defender thinks he's going a certain way like and the song in the background was dripping like a mocking on water <laughs> dripping like a mocking on water <laughs> ever saw him fall off the horse I have seen him fall off the horse fucking hell man oh, he's so elegant he just he has fell on his feet right no he he, he got, rolled. got up he rolled he rolled yeah 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 he, he fell into a roll and he just stood up like yeah. nothing happened like he's Why? the main character in Uncharted or something so yeah um, Radic Kronich <laughs> my, my last player for you is, we've discussed this actually early on so oh, the last question yes he said last player 
The last question is a player you wish played in Serie A. Oh. As a Milan fan, I'll say Mbappe for Milan, eh? But... I would say Messi, but what Papu Gomez, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we got to see... Can you imagine mm-hmm. Iniesta? Yeah. Can you imagine Iniesta and say, that would yeah. be That would have been crazy. That's my answer, man. That or, oh my God. To be honest, there are three center midfielders that played for Barca that are all very, very fucking good answers. Xavi, Iniesta, Messi. Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets. Busquets. Busquets as a six. Oof. That would have been nice, huh? Milan, Inter, Juve. Yeah, I mm. Busquets there as a six. Fuck, yeah, I'm gonna go Busquets, bro. I think, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go Busquets. Fair enough, man. That's a good answer. Thank you. Um, you know who I think would have been great in Italy? Mm. Guti, man. You remember Guti? Don't, don't. Like, imagine. You're telling imagine, me, you're yeah. asking me if I remember. Guti was my favorite player for like Guti, 10 years, Guti though. at Lazio, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guti. I haven't seen, I swear to God, now you could tell me, Kevin De Bruyne, fuck you, fuck off, like, <laughs> never watched Guti play. Guti's vision was ridiculous, man. It was ridiculous. It man. was, rid- I have, there was a game, Real beat Valladolid 7 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he scored two and he assisted four. Jake, this guy was unbelievable. I'm he not saying because so he, he did that back heel twice. No, the the, no, the he back was, heel assist he one right player. in front of the keeper. It was ridiculous vision, man. Another one, our prime muzzle, man. Prime muzzle. Prime muzzle. Prime to muzzle. Too short a period, though. Yeah, prime. Yeah. Too short. But that would have been nice to watch him. Yeah. Drogba would have been fun in the league. Drogba. Drogba was linked to Milan heavily back yeah. in the day, bro. Yeah. Heavily. But yeah, um, I don't think, to be honest, the. The repertoire of players that have played in Italy leaves a lot to be desired because there have been some crazy good games, especially good early two thousands, late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the bro, best were there. Yeah, you know who I, I've really been intrigued with recently, just his story in general and how good he was. Because I was thinking this would have been such a good question. Mm. In fact, I'm gonna ask it. Mm-hmm. Who do you think out of the classic players, legends, would have fared the best? In today's game, of all the legends, of all the legends, think of FIFA icons like who would be, who, who okay, would so because, because obviously it's a much yeah, different game. Yeah. Um. I think Kaka was ahead of his time, for example. Mm, a bit too recent for my yeah. liking. Okay, okay. Um, Roberto Carlos. Can you imagine Roberto Carlos in a team where the fullbacks are meant to do more than defend, for example? He's fucking benching DeMarco, like. Definitely. DeMarco would just be waiting <laughs> to clean her shoes, like. Um, but so many, bro. Um, I'm thinking older, like, because these guys touch the 2000s. Who I was thinking about, for example, so how crazy it was, I was what I was thinking. Like, Van Boston, bro. Van Boston would play in that's, any era and it'd be amazing. That's man. who I've really. Because he's just really a nine. Like, he's a, he's a crazy good number nine who has no weaknesses, like, apart from his uh, injuries. That's what I've really been intrigued with recently. Yeah, going Van back, Boston. watching his. You know how old he was when he retired? 28, 27. Yeah, 28, 28 years old. That's crazy. 28 years old. Crazy. Like, Zlatan had 10 more years at least playing. Mm. 
Christ. Madonna. But yeah, um, the listeners have some questions for us as well. Ooh, hey, hey. Let's get into it. Um, Andrea asks the first one on Instagram. He says, Oh, how did you guys meet? And where did your passion for culture start? So we're brothers. <laughs> so one day when I was two years old, my parents came home. My mom wasn't fat anymore. And she was holding this weird chubby pink thing that looked like an alien and they were like this is your brother and i was like oh god the the inheritance has been split but yeah that's how we met um and our passion for football now originally i didn't like football i was all about basketball ball or die you know because um football was way too popular at school and um there was almost a social status thing around it um yeah about, the cool uh, depending kids, on how good yeah. you were at it yeah yeah, yeah. You, um, you were as, as as popular as you were good at football yeah yeah but then i remember my dad our dad showing us clips and watching games and there were crazy moments and i would actively be pretending that i wasn't enjoying them <laughs> just to not be proved wrong like um it's like when you used to play hey there delilah in the car i said the exact same thing yeah turn it off i hate yeah, it then you'd leave the car and yeah. not put it on <laughs> <laughs> but yeah pride is a uh, pride is the enemy yeah. uh, but yes uh, i realized that this sport as simple as i thought it was can bring out every emotion in you man every single one it's it's crazy. I've, I I think that the last few times I have cried because I actually do have a problem crying, according mm-hmm. to Sarah, was during football games, man. Yeah. Underdog stories, man. They get yeah. me every time, like yeah, every single time. But yeah, I was always into it from a young age. My my dad was involved with a football team in in Malta, Mosta, which is where Jake and I grew up. And he used to take me to watch all the games. Um, at a young age, I remember the smell of, of burgers and a, and a soft drink at the football pitch. I remember going to the, the, the derbies between Burgu and Isla back in the day. Um, I remember going to watch Malta play against Turkey. I remember mm-hmm. I have all these, these memories. And I think, cause he said, like, how did our passions come together? When I moved to Scotland for a year, um, I couldn't watch football because I was working 60 hours a week. Like, you know what I mean? 55 yeah. to 60 hours a week at least. And especially on the weekends. So sometimes I'd watch some Champions League. Um, so I kind of fell out of, I didn't actively fall out of love with the game, but uh, you don't watch many games and you become disinterested. And when I came back, this was 2016. Um, or 2017 when I got back, it was back hanging out with you. And, and at that time, all you were doing, all you were doing, you're doing other things, but (laughs) sitting down on the couch, watching every single Serie A game from beginning to end. And I'm like, okay, cool. In the beginning, I was like, how long does this go for? Is is he okay? (laughs) Why is bro talking to me about? Like the mid-table teams, like like what's going on over here? Like how could I interest myself in the mid-table teams? Fell in love with it, man. Yeah, yeah. Fell in love with it. You notice when you watch closely and you watch more than once and you watch carefully, mm. with the volume up, uh, mm-hmm. none of this stream bullshit like without yeah. commentary. Like 
you will realize how how authentic Italian football is, how beautiful the stadiums are, how passionate the fans yeah. are, how much it means to them, how different the fans are from certain teams. Like it films the Napoli section, it films the, the Milan fans, for example, totally different vibe yeah. entirely. You see the Salernitana fans, all right, they're underdogs, but they look totally different to the Genoa fans who are also underdogs, you know? Um, the Cagliari fans, well, then you're all the way in Sardinia. You have to, Venezia, Venezia we're in Serie yeah. You have to get on a fucking gondola to go yep. to go to the stadium. Like, oh man, the shit is. If the Super League happens, we're done. <laughs> we'll continue covering Serie A. The Super League happens. Yeah, of don't, course. Don't worry about that. Um, I'd be so pissed. Our next question comes from Gabriel Borg. Gabriel Borg. I always call him Gabriel. I don't His know. His name's Gabriel. Gabriel Borg. You have a fan, I saw him at listener, friend. He says, at any point. Was there a part when you guys said, fuck this, let's stop? No. Never, no. like, never. I no. never thought about stopping. No. And if so, what kept you being resilient to not do so? Um, again, hey, it's the it's the fact that the challenge becomes a challenge against yourself. It's like, mm. I want to do this, I want to remain consistent, but in order to do that, I have to do something I potentially don't feel like doing on this day. Today, I just got home from work. I had a long day. I need to do my prep. I'm going to do it. And, and then you dread starting. You start doing the preparation. And you realize you're just watching football. When you, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's that. Yeah. And when you start doing something consistently, it becomes a checkbox in your mind. And if you don't check it off, there's a void. Yeah. Yeah. You at feel the end unproductive the for sure. It's only unproductive, but like you're not fulfilling. They, they, like like this is super fulfilling. It's like for for anyone that's got their vices, who, who likes to put on a bet, who likes to smoke a cigarette or having a drink. It literally, it, it gives you like a similar dopamine, I guess, to that. The fulfillment you get releasing an episode, getting feedback, this and that. Like I I, I can't live without it. And the times I've never thought of quitting, but like when it's peak freshers and I'm, and I'm at work and, and it's mental and I, and I get home at seven and I need to prep and we're, I need to do all my prep and we're recording tomorrow and I need to be up tomorrow at 5 a.m. Yeah, and go do a donut yeah. run yeah. and this, this, yeah, I'm yeah. fucking that. Like I get exhausted and I would dread doing the prep, yeah. but I would never dread recording the podcast. You, you know what I think about as well, bro? I think about one day having kids. And telling them about the good old days, but they'll be able to sit down and listen to me and you talking about the days as they happened, the yeah. good old days. And I think that's cool. You know, I, I, I would like for my for my children to check it out, to get a feel of what football was like. Because, you know, when, when dads talk about football, it's always like, oh, back in my day, and it's so obscure. Uh, it's like, what the hell does that even mean? Um, they'll actually have something tangible, something and, that they can they can relate to. And the to. most particular moments as well. Mm. Like, imagine Milan were to never win a league again until, or Napoli were never to win a league again by the time we have kids. Could say, this is the last time they won the league. Here is Every single match they played, and my opinion on it, every mm. single yeah, game of the season is covered by us. Yeah. Every single fucking game. We don't miss one. It's nice. It's good. Um, then you have my kid, eight years old, listening to the podcast, trying to figure out what Italian football was all about. 
Dad, what's a prostitute? <laughs> I want to ask your uncle. Uh, the next question comes from the mysterious Leo Messi on Instagram. Um, we have a follower called Leo Messi who doesn't want to tell us his name, so he okay. has to be referred to as the mysterious Leo Messi. What a guy. Uh-huh. Um, it's a question we've already answered, to be honest, but shout out to him. He says, what made you start this podcast and do you ever feel like enough is enough? I quit. No. Um, but what made us start is a good what part. What made us answer. start, I think it was the fact that we were watching all the games already I had a Twitter account where I would post Milan related things and I would post things about say in general but they wouldn't get much attention at all because mm. everyone was into Milan um, and that Milan fan on Twitter <laughs> I so I decided you know what man it would be cool to have a place where we can talk about everything you mm-hmm. know where where there's no such thing as a priority game where there's no such thing as you know big teams and small teams where everyone gets to be discussed and yeah and that's it and Matthew was on board which was great and, and yeah that's it and I, I think like w- we mentally started a podcast like seasons before we started a podcast <laughs> yeah. we would always be watching football and say if we had a podcast like we'd discuss we'd say this, this. We'd, we'd say this about this we'd start on this we'd, we'd do this segment we'd do this and mm. that and then I remember I got so used to saying if we were to do this or when we were to do this, that you accept that that's never going to happen. You're just kind of getting dopamine out of the idea, out of mentioning mm-hmm. it. You almost mm-hmm. feel fulfilled like you've done it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I remember we, we, we said, you, you said, we're doing it this season because if we're doing it this season, we need to start. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. sure, man. Just like, I, I don't know if I wanted you to, to shut up or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just like, sure, like, let's, let's, let's do it. But I wasn't like, committed to doing it and to putting in the work when I said yes and then the mic arrived we watched the first match day and we're like so now we plug the mic into the laptop five games each I guess we go man prep five games each we're so we're so vanilla on the first one first episode not vanilla. We were coy. We were we were nervous, and and you can feel it the way we speak now and the way yeah. we spoke back then. I think it was a strong Obviously, start. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but yes, uh, there's definitely a difference. We should do some shit like like we listen to episode one and there was episode one hundred. Yeah, yeah. Compare the two, you know. Alan, My patron, guy. brother, friend, asks, "What were your most optimistic and pessimistic expectations before the podcast started, and how far is your current reality from those expectations?" So for me. The most pessimistic thing I, I, I thought of was like just an, a bunch of guy, uh, two guys with another podcast. They have nothing unique to offer. Um, and I can't even understand what they're saying because they have a weird accent. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was the, the pessimistic <laughs> thing yeah. I was expecting. But in reality, all we get is like, your English is pretty good, guys. Like, it's damn good. You yeah. know, I mean, it's an official language here. But, <laughs> but yeah. Um, optimistic expectations was for people to listen and, and react and and it's, the reality has surpassed it because people are actually paying membership fees now and I, I'm, I'm so grateful for that uh-huh. my pessimistic view was just that we'd be recording for nothing mm-hmm. and I was almost there was a certain element of me that I was embarrassed by the idea to have our podcast on my Instagram bio when it had 12 followers. Mm, yeah. I was embarrassed what people might think. I was embarrassed that people might look at someone starting a podcast as something vain. 
Mm. Um, like you, you think people are gonna care what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So that 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 side of me, that like caring what other people are gonna say, kind of thing. I'm past that now, mm. right? But but that was a massive they've, kind of. They've totally thing. got it twisted because it's not a matter of showing off what you know. It's a matter of sharing a passion. You know exactly. It's a matter of I um, don't know more than Matthias. Exactly. No, I don't know more not. than Matthias. No, no, no. no. Or Alan, you or know, Alan. These guys have crazy good ball knowledge. They could yeah. have their own podcast, you know. Literally. Um, the thing is that we we try to we try to make people who aren't as into certain games into them, or yeah. we give them something to look out for. So maybe we'll tempt them to catch a game. Yeah. What's in it for us? I don't know. We just uh-huh. love it, and we'd love for you to love it too. My optimistic expectation to give a different answer to the one of watching more football. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess was the very odd idea that it could work that just like people would listen and would get new followers and would get loyal followers and, and viral videos you know couple that, viral yeah. videos like I I would bro the idea of getting 8 million views on one TikTok it was an Instagram video not even, even a TikTok. On, on Instagram yeah didn't even cross my cross mind. my Same. fucking mind. Same. Never. Didn't I never even, even thought about that. Cross my mind, or like one million on the Kim Min Jae, and and like the eight million one did well because it was a funny video. Yeah. And all right, there's a bit of commentary, a bit of back and forth between me and you, but like the Kim Min Jae one, it was your your joke that that yeah. that got a million views. It yeah. was your joke that got people dying in the comments and tagging friends yeah. and this and that and Koreans going I'm so proud <laughs> it was nice and then Europeans saying you're so racist <laughs> but, <laughs> really but, yeah um, that just goes to show right the yeah. Koreans were proud and I was talking about them the Europeans were offended and yeah. I wasn't talking about them but yeah the West the West 2023 <laughs> Alan also has another he has another question that we've already discussed but then he asked us a third question he said has any or both of you ever been to a sex show in Amsterdam during Corona where either of you have been asked to take part in the act on stage one of the performers and also accepted the request if the answer is yes how has it changed you as a person <laughs> Alan brother man it's it's fucking changed me, I'll tell you that. Shall I? I guess you have to. How far in are we? An hour ten. That's do it, fine. do it, do it. That's fine. Well, one one of them said they like how long our episodes are, so yeah. it was, it was <laughs> Andy, go. I believe. Buckle up, guys. So we're in Amsterdam, right? It was my first time. So it was me, Jake, his girlfriend, my girlfriend, me, Jake, Key, and Sarah. Key is my girlfriend, Sarah is Jake's girlfriend. I went to Amsterdam together. It was my first time. They had all been before, a couple of times. And they're like, okay, Matt, get up. We're taking you to the red light district today. And I'm like, fucking right. Let's see them tits. (laughs) So we obviously, we we have our breakfast. We go to a cafe. We we smoke a a few joints, probably just to, to get in the mood. And we start walking to... The red light district. And as we're approaching it, Too I'm getting... obliterated that, by the way. Like, in Amsterdam, you're never all right. Like. And it was freezing. Yeah. It <laughs> was the coldest <laughs> I've ever been in my life. And I, I, I couldn't speak. I was so high, like... And we're walking around, and all of a sudden, I, I just start seeing, like, 
someone was turning the sex on a bit more with every corner we cross. And then I start seeing women on show, like behind glass, like ass naked. And I'm like looking and then looking away. And Jake is like, Matt, red light district. Those women are over there to be admired. Oh, so what a misogynist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so admire them. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I start getting a bit more comfortable with the idea. Jake's like, ho, 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 my brother, let me take you to a peep show. <laughs> I'm like, it's baby steps. No, we're baby all escalating. Yeah, yeah. So I'm starting to see live naked mannequins. And now we're going to a peep show. By the way, Ki and Sarah game this entire time. They're so in. We go into this, this octagon. <laughs> None of us had coins. And then Jake whips out his wallet and he starts handing out two euros to everyone. You just had two euros for everyone. <laughs> you had us the two euros. I never <laughs> have any cash. We each go in these small cubicles, like the small corners of this of this octagon. You put in two euro, completely by ourselves, and, and the curtain opens. It's not even a curtain, it's mist. It clears up ah, like on the glass. Yeah, yeah. First, I don't know what was happening. There was a bit of a, a, a big yell, just like looking sad. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and then there was this, um, this lady, bro. This, this, she was a tiger, man. She was crawling, like, and all that. And I was like, I like this. Like, this is, this is, this is fucking fun. Like, she got, she's looking at me and then she was, Asking Jake to go to... Well, she she thinks she me to go to the back. I'm like, no, man. I, I, I might look like I'm game because I'm here. I've been with my girlfriend for 11 years. I'm not, not going to the back with you. And I'm there just like looking at her like biting my fucking lip. But then <laughs> five minutes in, it, the, the mist comes back up and, and I'm like, whatever that was, more. I'm like, is there a situation where we could go to a bar... Because everywhere closed at five here, so because it's during COVID, COVID so we were shut down. like we would have drinks at like two, and <laughs> and it was acceptable. So I'm like, can we go to a bar, have a drink, and there's just like people fucking like around us or on stage or something. Say no more. Say no more, brother. Quick Google search. Okay, there's this place called Moulin Rouge. Name and shame. We find it. <laughs> And we're like, okay, it's 50 euro each entry. Okay, we get a free drink. And then that, basically. There, there's a, there are people on stage fucking and doing this and that. How good. <laughs> so we walk up this place. And I remember the place is like within like 10 meters. And we're just like looking at each other, discussing. Like, I said, who's going to go up first? Who's going to go up first? And then I walk up to, to this guy that's outside. He just looks at us and goes, you ready? <laughs> All right, you ready? You ready? <laughs> Like, okay, hand them the 50 euro, it takes us, it's like, okay, bottoms are to the left in case you need to go before, like, you do you. Like, okay, we walk in, we grab our drink, we're sat on the side, it is me, Jake, Key, and Sarah, and two guys. <laughs> All right? And then there's the stage, and there's a guy with a massive dick fucking a girl with massive tits. That's what's happening. All right? That's happening right on stage. I'm like... Brilliant. Brilliant. I wish, wish there were more people. <laughs> I wish there were more people. Weird. Like, it's, we're outnumbering the other people here. 
And then that act ends and then a woman comes on. Then call it an act. <laughs> a woman comes on, she's touching herself a bit brilliant. And then a woman comes on, she's pulling Christmas lights out of her pussy. It was, <laughs> and it's like never ending, bro. It's like, when's yeah, this gonna yeah, end? It was yeah. crazy, man. And David then, Blaine shit. Like, ah, and, and then a, a, like an acrobat woman came in. Yeah. She was so hot with yeah, the short yeah, blonde hair. She yeah. kind of looked like my desires. And then we hear this. walking in clearly someone wearing massive heels yeah. right yeah. and there's this fucking <laughs> botched. woman bo- botched a lot of work done but to the point that she's barely like she's is anywhere she between human? 30 and 100 like. yeah and is she a human being like is, was the was the real question over there and she just goes okay someone on stage now <laughs> someone on stage or no show we close no show and we're like okay we're safe because we're with our we're with our girlfriends there are these two guys and they're obviously like no like forget it don't ask me again and then she looks at us i'm like again we're safe and i'm safe until the three people to my right start pointing at me all right key jake and sarah start pointing at me to go on stage and i'm like the quicker I say yes, the quicker this will be over and I don't want this place to close because I'm having fun. Yeah. So I get on stage. <laughs> Keep in mind, everything is so fake about this person. Like you do you, but everything was so fake. Mm-hmm. She sits me down. All of a sudden, she's like, you can't play. Is, is this okay? Is this okay? I'm like, I, I guess. While I'm saying I guess, she fucking slaps me in the face with her tit, which is rock solid bro it hurt it hit me my head hit the wall behind me like that's how hard it was i was like what all that you heard from then on was <laughs> literally and this is just like dancing in front of me like giving me a lap dance i'm like okay if this is the worst of it like fuck it what whatever she's giving me a lap dance then she tells me get on the floor and I was like, over, over. There's a like, get on the floor. I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'll get on the floor. I'll do whatever you say at this point. Like, and I'm laying on the floor, scared, scared, yeah. right? And I'm not seeing anything happening because I'm looking right up at the ceiling, but I'm here. And I look to my right. My God. And she, brother, and she's got a dildo down her throat like just a massive she's looking me right in the eyes and she's the dildo is coming out of your pants no not yet not yet then she unzipped unzipped my pants and i'm like there's absolutely no way there's no way it's gonna give me a blowjob on stage right now because what do I do? How do I even say no? Like, you know, like, what the fuck? Right my, the love of my life is right there. And my brother and his girlfriend, basically my sister at this point, have been together 11 years. I'm like, and these two dudes just like there. I'm like, this is the worst day of my life. And then she puts the dildo where my dick is supposed to be and she just starts sucking it. I'm like, my God, how I wish you were sexy. Because if you were sexy, this would be so enjoyable right now. And then she starts riding me and like, oh, like making a bunch of noise. I'm like, cool. 
And the dildo. I wonder how many listeners have tuned out. I doubt it, bro. They probably all is. <laughs> they probably put the volume up. And then she gets the dildo. And obviously dildo's got the end with the, <laughs> with the head and, and the other end has like a stand. Yeah. She grabs it and she puts the stand in my mouth. It's a gag. It's a gag, yeah. quite literally. She puts the gag in my mouth and the dildo's coming out of my mouth. And without any caution whatsoever, she sits on my fucking face with, she's n- naked, like, bro, completely. And she's riding my fucking, f- boom, 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 boom. I'm smelling her. <laughs> I'm tasting her. Oh, my nose hurt when I pressed it. For like the rest of the holiday, like she was, and then she was telling me, "Come on, come on, come on!" So I was like a chicken underneath her, like moving my head up and down, essentially obeying her. And at this point, I'm like, "They must be finding this so funny. Like, let me just go on with it. Let me fucking I don't like move my head back and forth." Then it's over. I stand up with pussy juice all over my mouth. I look. At KJ and Sarah expecting to see them laughing and they're all looking at me like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Key, who totally encouraged me to go up, didn't speak to me for the rest of the day. <laughs> so disgusted. She made you go up. We were supposed to do shrooms. I'm like, there's no way. I remember we're on the oh. bus and every time you're looking over, just staring out the window oh out of God. pure shock. I remember that, bro. I'll never forget the ride home. I was bursting out laughing looking at you, man. You had, like, your 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 head in your fucking palms. And your palms rested on the window. Like, you, like you've just been traumatized. But, yeah, man. Uh, th- thank you so much, Alan. That was the most vile, vulgar thing we've ever said on the podcast. Maybe. Thank you very yeah, much. So, f- so far. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Alan, like I said, he came to Malta, came over to our house, and obviously we just started sharing anecdotes with him. And yeah, it, well, he put me in the deep end. So yeah, yeah. thanks a lot, Al. Thanks a lot, pal. <laughs> but yeah, um, Frank on Twitter asks, well, he says, love the laid back approach and the feeling that you are in a bar chatting. Now, this is the first time I've heard this. And I've, mm. and many people, when we asked for feedback, said the same thing. It feels like a like we're in a bar having a conversation over Isn't a drink. Isn't that what we want? want great. To be as organic great. as possible. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. That, that's amazing. He asks, what is your first memory of Calcio? Who was the person who gave you the bug for it? Now, for me, the person who gave me the bug for it, there were two people. Mm. And Zlatan described them as his adrenaline brothers in his book. Uh. Gattuso and Pippon Zaghi. Oh, bro. Bro, whenever Inzaghi scored, the hairs on my neck would go Mm. up. Mm. Just looking at him. It was. Every goal, no matter how it was scored, meant so much Mm. to him. That man and got too so the fact there was no nonsense, no bullshit. Mm. He was so tough, man. Like like he would beat, he would go into a fifty fifty with anyone and he'd fucking win it. Anything with a fuck. Yeah. And I remember going to the stadium to watch Milan Real Madrid and Ronaldo had fallen to the ground and Gattuso bent over him. Yeah, and his face is screaming in his face. Like, and then uh, Ronaldo <laughs> got up, Gattuso grabbed him by the neck, and Ronaldo went down holding his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, the yeah. entire Milan. We, we were there. No, we were that. there. Yeah, of course, yeah. we were. Um, I was in a Real Madrid kid. That that is probably the the when I look back, you know, you cringe at yourself yeah. in the past. That 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 that's that's mine. Um, but funnily enough. You mentioned that when 
Inzaghi scored the doppietta and one he was clearly offside for and the entire San Siro oh my jumping God, and singing his oh song, God. the Oi 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 song. That, like, how how could you even be mad? That that was he really... He was like 37, what, 40 perhaps old, even? Yeah, yeah. 35, 36, I think. Wow, that's really different ages. That, <laughs> that really made me fall in love with Milan and, and Serie A. But the one moment where I realized I was out of the Real Madrid bandwagon and totally in the Serie A bandwagon is I'm watching Real Napoli in the Champions League as a Real fan. And this is already when I was back from Scotland and it was almost like a formality that I was still supporting the team I had grown up supporting. Mm. Um, but obviously I was Milan through and through, you remember, from a younger age. like. But out of respect, like I guess I kind of kept supporting Real Madrid. And I really liked Insigne, one of my favorite players not of all time but in recent history one of my favorites and he just gets this loose ball 35 yeah. yards out against real right? against real yeah and from 35 yards out he curls this incredibly low drive past Kayla Navas into the back of net for one of the best Champions League goals I have seen and I stood up I went yeah. like what am I doing like, well that was a real moment for me to realize that was a real moment I need to stop pretending yeah. here great um, yeah uh, four questions from Luca Argento who was drunk when he sent them because he's just graduated and he Congrats. had his bus skate today so congratulations Luca Argento um, not sure what you graduated in. I know it's something to do with sports, if I if I if I'm not mistaken. But well done, well mm-hmm. done, nonetheless. Congrats, brother. Um, his first question is: When can I touch Jake's head? Oof. And um, whenever you want, as long as you ask. <laughs> I, I never, I have never said no, but ask. Is me. it annoying when people like slap your head? No, no one's slapping my head. No one's slapping. No one's slapping my head. No, I'm kidding. People slap me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about it. But, um, but uh, um, if you ask, no problem. Touch my head. It's fine. You know. Question two. Will I be able to see all... When will I... Okay, no. So this uh, will I. Will I be able to see all your intermerch? Um, yes, we, will, we are planning on opening up a shop where we'll be selling posters and eventually maybe items of clothing. Intermerch? Well. Yes, I, I've drawn a few interposters of DiMarco, Turam, all that stuff. All right. Um, and he seems to be interested mm. in that. Yeah. Did Vlaovic get replaced by Keane due to results in-game? I think Keane's has been on way better form than Vlaovic. He looks more involved. He looks more lively. He looks more willing to get deep and to fight for the ball and to win it. Vlovich looks like he's on an island when he's playing, so my take is that, yes, Keane earned his spot through hard work. Way more involved, Keane, in the game. Mm-hmm. Way more, um, like, dragging the ball forward from more central area to, to break into a goal-scoring opportunity. He's been brilliant over there. Yeah. I think he is He is what Juve signed Vlaovich for. To have mm. that guy with that drive breaking forward and finishing. And Keane's really been that guy. He's so strong. He's really good at hold-up play. He's looking much better than he ever has. Yeah. So I think it's a choice. And then his fourth question really demonstrated that the person currently talking to me is not in his senses because he asked, what should Bologna do about their defense, man? <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Bologna like hardly conceded this season. I looked it up. Um... Bologna have conceded the third fewest goals 
<laughs> uh, Inter have conceded the fewest with six, Juve with seven, and Bologna with ten. Okay, so um, whatever they're doing, I think they need to keep doing it, bro. Mm, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Luca, and I hope you had a great time. And um, hopefully tomorrow won't be as brutal. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, bro, I think we can move on to our patron voice notes, man. Oh, I can't wait for this. This is lovely. This is one of the most wholesome things I have ever experienced. Like yeah. listening to these. First up, we have um, one from Matthias. It's not actually a voice note. He sent a text because I repeat, I quote, sorry, father duties did not allow him to send a voice note tonight. Um, yeah, priorities. Um, he says, hello, Serie A Spotlight. I am delighted to have found your podcast. It is truly great to follow your weekly enthusiasm for the world's most fascinating league. I have watched Serie A for 20 years and find the league to be in one of the best states of these two decades. The competition for the title is more dense than ever. The young players are evolving and I find the mid-table teams to be more interesting than ever. In the mid-noughties games, such as Bologna-Torino, they were a bit of a drag, with half-owned players and conservative managers. Now these games are compelling with details of excellence as well as a meaning for the future of the league. I feel that you capture this compelling and competitive um, and treat it with the enthusiasm it deserves. This podcast has a bright future and every listener should become a patron so that you can be in one of the lenses. So you can be one of the lenses and the theater lights directed onto the league. That's it's beautiful. beautiful. Wow. It's beautiful. Being from Sweden, I wish, you, I wish to give you something from the foot, from the history of Swedish Italian football. So many footballers have made the way south, starting in the fifties with Nordal, Gren and Liedholm in Milan to now when talents such as Kulusevski moved to Italian academies to get their first senior games in Serie A. I therefore give you a best 11 with Swedish Serie A players. His goalkeeper was Robin Olsen. That's a strong start, Matthias. Yeah. <laughs> One of only two Swedish goalies in the league. Not too successful. Yes, can't confirm. Um, the back three involves Glenn Hiesen, Glenn Stromberg and Isaac Hien. Stromberg here is an Atalanta legend, mainly as a midfielder, but played as a libero in the early 1990s. Isaac Hien is a fascinating young talent sure. who should leave Verona for a more structured side. I can see him to be good in Monza or perhaps even as an aggressive Fiorentina defender. Very good shout. I love Isaac Yeah. He's so good. Midfield. You're killing me here. Skoglund, Ingesen, Liedholm, Kulusevski. Skoglund and Liedholm are players from the 50s. Liedholm went on to manage Milan and Roma. Ingesen was a workhorse at Bari and Bologna in the late 1990s. And Kulisevsky, one of the only Juve players I don't despise. <laughs> Would love to see him back in Italy, though. The attack featured Nordal, Zlatan and Brolin, three of the absolute best yeah. attacking Swedish players of all time. In this formation, Brolin would have to play behind Nordal and Prime Zlatan can take any attacking position he wants, of course. Much praise and respect. Cheers to the next 100 episodes, Matthias. Thank you so much, Matthias. That means a lot. Um, love to get your input on the Swedish players in the league. You often open our eyes to things that we don't even notice ourselves. So good to have you on board. And you are yourself a contributor to the podcast. Yes. That can be said about all the patrons. Yes. Thank you very much, brother. Next up is our boy Alan, who made me say that despicable fucking story. Um, but yeah, AC we, we Milan. We won't be getting that vile anytime soon again. Don't worry, guys. No, you can I, I, comfortably in your car in traffic without why, worrying. Why do you make promises when you know we probably can't keep them, dog? Well, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> 
Alan is an AC Milan fan. Alan is also a good friend of ours after we, we hung out with him during his time in Malta, him and his Mexican mamacita. But here's Alan. Hello, Jake and Matt, who is finally back from Australia. Happy to hear that you're back with your brother. Guys, congratulations on the 100th episode of Seria Spotlight. <laughs> good job. You did it. It's a huge milestone and I don't know why, but I'm excited on your behalf. It's really cool. And I can probably say that I've listened to every single one of your episodes since launch. Not in order, but yeah, I came across, I came across the podcast on a Reddit post. I believe you once told me it was a friend of yours who helped you set it up or something like that. And yeah, it was, it wasn't love on first sight, but it was love on first listen. And I enjoyed it since I actually went back because you already had recorded like three or four episodes before I became aware of it. So I went back and listened to those episodes as well. So I had like a week where I listened to five, five of your episodes or something like that. So yeah, cheers guys. I hope this is just the beginning for you, whatever your ambitions are. I hope you uh, achieve them because you deserve it. Okay, so I've written down two points. Um, I want to say something a little bit about what this podcast means to me personally, because I live in Norway and Norway is like a prem head country. I have friends that are really into football. Uh, they watch a lot of football. They know a lot of football. They know a lot more, a lot more than me. Uh, not, uh, not that I'm some kind of standard for knowledge, but, but it's all Premier League, Premier League, Premier League, Premier League. And they will like sit down and they will watch like Milan Inter or now they will probably watch Juve Inter over the weekend, but nobody's going to watch Bologna Torino and discuss it like the next two days or nobody's going to watch Fiorentina Sassuolo or something like that it's like it's if the top seven face each other that's when they are watching it so for me personally this is like where you guys come and fill in this gap you provide this great discussion about the thing one of my biggest passions and you provide this outlet for me where I can kind of like get to indulge into my passion in a sense. So yeah, this is, this is, I guess what's, what this podcast is to me is like this, this platform where I can live my passion that I don't get elsewhere in life because of this prem head country. I mean, I don't want to talk shit about the Premier League. It's a great league, but I'm in love with Serie A and that's how it is. So. Thank you for that. And also, I wanted to say a few words about what, what I enjoyed the most about the podcast or like, but I don't really know how to phrase it because it's, I can't like pick out one thing. Um, so it's, it's like this perfect mixture, this per perfect balance. Uh, you know, um, the the weekend the football weekend that's like the main dish that's where i'm sitting watching watching the games that i have time to watch of course but then a few a few days later you drop your episode and that's like the dessert and the dessert is just perfect it's not too 
too sweet, not too bitter, not too sweet, um, not too salty. And yeah, I don't know the tastes. I'm not a chef, but you have this perfect balance that's just great. You have your ball knowledge, you have your humor, you have your personalities. And yeah, I mean, no matter how funny or witty somebody is, I would never bother to listen to uh, them talk about football if they don't have the ball knowledge. Like that's, that's step one. And, but you, you master it greatly. And I really appreciate the podcast. I really appreciate the community you have made in the WhatsApp group. There are a lot of great personalities in there and it's, it's a fun part of the day uh, whenever somebody writes a text there. So thank you. Uh, as long as you keep recording, I will keep listening. Don't stop. Keep going. Appreciate you guys. Peace out. Forza Milan. Alan, thank you so much. There aren't even any words I can ex- I can use to express my gratitude right now. It's terrible because it's a podcast. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you can't see my face right now. But I really appreciate it, bro. And I look forward. We look forward to bringing you more content. Now, a really funny thing was how Andy reacted to this voice note, yeah. right? So you sent this voice note and you, you made it clear that it was going out of your comfort zone to send this, whatever you urged all the other patrons to do, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Thank you for the push. Massive, bro. Yeah. And then Andy sent this. Well done, Alan. Very proud of you. You sounded pretty good. Yeah, I'll say a few words, boys. I'll put something together a little bit later on for the old SAS. That is fucking classic. Andy man, classic Andy man. What a, is would he qualify as a road man? Not a modern road man, but you know how like in the nineties, like have you watched? Ah, oh, there's this movie. Is it the one he recommended? Well, kind of like that I one, not Green called. Street Hooligans, but but the like it's um yeah. it's another variation of it. Yeah, about um. The, I I'm I'm blanking out completely. What what were they called? Um, the fan groups of fans. The the firms. Firms, yes, dude. About uh, it was a Chelsea firm, I believe. The movie. I believe so. Um, I watched a movie recently. Something, some barrel and a loaded shotgun or something. Smoke Glock. Ah, pussy and a smoking <laughs> barrel shotgun <laughs> barrel. And Vinnie Jones is one of the actors that Alan sounds like every single one. Like, you that geezer fucking mugged me off with it. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Oh, he's eloquent, huh? He is. He's Super very well spoken. Yes, yes, yes. Very well. He's a Crystal Palace fan, guys. Poor he, him. he can also... <laughs> He can also rap. He can. <laughs> he can. Br- brilliant rap. Won't be showing you without his permission. <laughs> no, Don't no. Worry. We've asked. <laughs> um, but anyway, here, here's Andy for you guys. Hello, Syria Spotlight. Hello, Jake and Matt. Uh, it's Andy from uh, London. One of your uh, one of your patrons here. Uh, congratulations on your hundredth episode um, of the podcast. Um, just want to say a few words, really. Um, it's not easy to keep a podcast going. You see loads of podcasts out there, thousands of them, and they come and they go, but you've stuck around and you've got to this milestone. So congratulations, and um, you're doing a brilliant job. Um, just want to tell you a little bit about how I came about you, really. I came about you, I think it was through Spotify. I think it was in the really early days, maybe episode 12, 15, something like that. 
But uh, like Alan, your other great patron said that uh, I went back. I've listened to every single one of them as well. And I'm going to echo what he said. What I do like about you guys is the length of the podcast. You, you, you fill in details with every single game. And you don't get that on many other podcasts going, going out there. They focus on the big games or just a controversial moment in one or two games. You focus on every single game in Syria because I don't know if you know this or you're aware, not everyone in the world supports Juventus or Inter Milan. Some people do support other clubs. So that's where you give that, uh, give that quality to your podcast that you give every club uh, sort of a platform and you, you let them, everybody else know out there um, what's happening in the league as a, as a whole league, not just a couple of episodes. And being a Crystal Palace supporter, um, I'm used to a life of despair uh, and uh, sort of a life of disappointment with my team. So, you know, I think that's why I may be, uh, maybe I can relate to people that support lesser teams in all other leagues as well. Um, and I like the way you come across in your podcast because, again, other podcasts out there, you know, someone fucks up, bad back pass. They give them a little, oh, well, you know, maybe it was this, maybe it wasn't. no. It was just a shit back pass. When I listen to you, it's like I'm talking to you in a pub. It's like I'm chatting to a friend and you're chatting to me. We're having a conversation like you would do with any of your other mates. And that's what I like about it. The groundness of, of your podcast and the easy listening and the comedy and the laughter. That's what I think sets you apart from majority of other podcasts out there. So well done, guys. Congratulations. And if anyone's listened to this, I'd recommend definitely signing up to follow these guys. Because it's if you if you like Serie A football, it doesn't matter if you like Prem or if you support another premiership team like I do. If you like Serie A or have ever liked it in the past, it's a good opportunity for you to listen once a week and you'll get filled in exactly what's happening. The big events through every single team in the league and it will keep you up to speed and in the loop. So once again, boys, well done and hopefully look forward to seeing you in the future. Cheers. Thank you so much, Andy. Um, one day we should totally grab a pint, be it here in Malta, be it in Italy, be it in London. We should definitely meet one day. You seem like a straight up guy, like a stand up guy. Yeah. I think that's the expression. Um, yeah, can't wait to meet you, man. Same here, brother. Same here. Next up, guys, we've got Lena. Um, unfortunately, our only female patron. Um, however, we do have other other female listeners. Thankfully, um, Lena's more than obviously just the the female um, to tick the checkbox in, in our patron. But but she's a fantastic addition. She's absolutely hilarious. She's always at games. She's, she's always sending always, pictures. Yeah, yeah. massive yeah. fan of football. Yeah, here's what Lena had to say, um, and thank you to her. For a bit of female representation, my name is Lena, and I've basically been following football and Serie A for nearly 20 years now. Uh, for me, it all started when I got hit by the puberty truck and I saw Kaka in the 2006 World Cup Panini album. Um, a friend and I then basically bullied our little brother's football coach into coaching a girls team. And football has been a huge part of my life ever since. So the team is obviously Milan. 
Uh, it offended me greatly when people used to ask me if I'd switch teams when Kaká left, because by that time Milan had grown on me like a particularly nasty tumor that I sometimes wish I could have removed. <clears throat> I found Serie A spotlight not too long ago, maybe about six months-ish, uh, when somebody mentioned it on Reddit and I've been starving for some sort of commentary or community uh, that wasn't quite as bandwagony and negative as sometimes discords and forums tend to be. And in this podcast, I've just found genuinely good commentary and objectivity, so much so that I'm even willing to forgive the Milano is blue comments. Um, and the passion that Jake and Matt have for Serie A is really quite infectious. Uh, and myself, I tended to be very tunnel-visioned when it came to football in Milan, uh, sort of neglecting everything around Milan. Um, and this has really helped me broaden my horizons, so I really appreciate that. Uh, plus, it keeps me awake while driving to work at 5.30 in the morning. So, cheers for that, guys. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy with my random find, and especially with a little group chat as well. Uh, so for my fellow female lurkers out there, uh, please feel free to join. I promise nobody will ask you to send boob pics. Really appreciate it, Lena. Um, not even the, my own girlfriend likes the sound of my voice at half five in the morning. <laughs> so what we have is special. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very much for listening and for being a part of our family. Yeah. And my girlfriend doesn't like it when I ask her for a boot pick, so I've learned not to <laughs> obviously uh, be that guy. Next up, we've got Santi, one of the two Jubalanis. Um, you know more about him than me, but I find him Great to be a guy. fantastic guy. Like. Yeah, diplomat, um, fantastic character. He can get on with anyone. He can put him in any social setting and he'll fit right in. Santi's a, a gem of a person. Um, and this is what he had to say. Uh, Jake and Matt, 100 episodes. Congratulations, boys. Um, really, really well done. Um, I've been listening, obviously, since day dot. Uh, Jake and I working together uh, in our previous jobs. Um, and, he, you know, one day he just comes up to me, sends me a link on uh, WhatsApp saying... Do you mind giving this a listen? And it was from there, from then on, it was just, you know, part of my weekly routine to listen to you guys. It was, it was a fun also being on the episode, uh, with Mint a couple of times, filling in for when you guys were in Amsterdam and then coming back for, for a special episode with all you four previewing. I think it was last season, I guess, uh, quite some time ago already. Time is flying. Um, but that was, that was loads of fun. Um, especially talking nonsense with Mint and proving Mint wrong that Skamaka was only going to score six goals in the Premier League, uh, well, less than six, and <laughs> he didn't. So yeah, that's just to, uh, just, just wanted to remind everyone about that time when Mintoff was wrong and I was right. Um, otherwise, really well done, lads. Um, love, love listening to the podcast every week, even though. Um, I'm getting less and less time to watch Serie A, which probably makes it even all the more better to to listen to you guys so I can get all the details um, of the games every week. Um, and yeah, and especially 
I mean, I'm a I'm a Prem fan actually. First, I I started watching football um, when Chelsea played Reading a long time ago, and both Czech and Hilario got injured, and John Terry went in goal, and I just loved that game. So I decided to to start following football and then following Chelsea. But I am deep down, deep deep down, a Milan fan at heart. So watching. Serious, but listening to Serious Spotlight and watching you guys on Instagram and, and your other clips um, has brought a lot of love for the pod and obviously love for you guys as well. Congratulations once again and best of luck for the next 100. Thank you very much, brother. And thank you for not boasting too much about pocketing multinational Paul Mbong. Yes, um, but thank you for boasting about beating Mintoff in that bet. Yes. Beating all of us in that bet, actually. We all thought Skamaka would get more than six goals in the Premier League, but you stood your ground and you were proven to be right. Um, unless you're taking all competitions into consideration. And I don't recall you ever specified, so fuck you, Santi. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, bro, from the heart. Um, next, next next up um, all the way from the states one of our most recent patrons and it is the guy with the coolest name on the podcast Mr. Michael Lockhart and here's what he had to say what's going on Jake and Matt this is Mike I'm coming in from Philadelphia Pennsylvania in the United States uh, and that's actually one of the big reasons that you know I started listening to this show uh, fortunately for the United States, uh, we have one of the major streaming services actually pick Syria up. So about one to two days a week, I actually get somewhat decent Syria coverage. But with that, led me to wanting more. Uh, so I reverted to podcasts. Um, I want to say I found your podcast. I- I'm actually highly confident it was actually on Reddit. Um, just saying that it was a very laid back uh good podcast to listen to with plenty of information and uh i'm pretty much given this from the perspective of i've only been a listener for about four to five months um so i'm definitely giving the uh the, the, the new member perspective but everything that i've seen so far it's been great uh i look forward to the podcast every week uh, it's packed full of plenty of information. I mean, whether it's, you know, the Milan Derby or Frozenone versus Genoa, the information is always there. Uh, I'm an Atlanta fan myself. I uh, have been for the last seven years. Um, just seeing what that team's done, it's been, it's been nothing short of amazing going from where they came from. And I've really wanted to look for a place where I can get news coverage, things like that, in English. Um, and your podcast every week, you know, when they play, I'm hearing about it. I'm listening to your review, and you guys are giving the, you know, what I want to hear. So I just want to say good luck to you two. Congratulations on 100 episodes. I'm in the process now of actually going back and listening to probably about 50 of them. Um, but I'm sure I'll enjoy every minute of it. And listening to a couple other of these, I think everybody kind of gets the same thing. And, and why your podcast in the Syria realm really stands out is you guys sitting here listening to it, it, um, it, it makes it feel like we're all sitting in a room together just BSing with each other. 
Um, it, it just makes it real fun, lighthearted. Um, usually when I go on longer drives or whatever, I'll pop the podcast on and, uh, I'll have my fiance in the car and, you know, she cares about Syria football, just like the bubble gum stuck to the bottom of my shoe. But listening to your guys' podcast, you know, some of the stuff you say is, you know, pretty funny, things like that. You know, she'll laugh at it. She'll at least pay attention to it and seems to somewhat enjoy it, even though I'm sure she could care less about, you know, Albert Goodmanson's uh, brace in the last match. You know, I, I don't know what to tell her with that, but with somebody like that who's completely neutral outsider um, that enjoys this podcast, I think that goes a long way. So just wanted to say, you know, keep up the good work. I'm going to obviously continue to listen, um, and I really enjoy it, and uh, hopefully everybody else does. Thank you, Mike. Good to know that another woman enjoys the sound <laughs> of our voices. Um, and I, I personally love the way that, that you pronounce, um, teams like Frozenone, so on. Genoa, was Genoa, um, so on and so forth. But, but it's really cool to, um, see the American, uh, let's call it soccer community out of respect, but it's football. We all know that. But really enjoying seeing that that growing over the past years, and and uh, it's good to have at least one of you guys on our side enjoying some good Serie A. You're the man, Mike. Up next, we've got Luca Argento, the previous um, the guy question who asked Oscar, the question. Yes, <laughs> previous <laughs> question. Luca Argento, the previous question asker. <laughs> 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 Luca Argento is a loyal listener, a patron, um, a fellow Malteser, New, newly graduate. Yes. Yes. So well Today. done. Congratulations. And they were supposed Today. to come to our offices. They we're did. on campus. Like, he said I he went to him. Bay with a vibe sticker. Oh, what a guy. What a he, should have, he should have come to our offices. Yeah. We were giving them beer. But yeah, uh, this is Luca. Well, um, morning, uh, Jake and Matt. First of all, congratulations on your 100th episode on uh, Serie Spotlight. Um, I'm Luca, you might know me. Uh, I'm your uh, resident Juventus fan. <laughs> um, again, congratulations. Um, so, um, basically... I've uh, recently, uh, I think I'm the rec- most recent one who joined it, the group. I joined like uh, roughly two months ago, be- at the beginning of the season. Um, I've always been a Juve, oh, a Serie A fan, but I had a tendency to tunnel vision on uh, on Juve only, on Juve games. I didn't take into consideration the other teams. Um, but this year I wanted to see what's out because I was bored actually at work. I went on Spotify and I found I found you guys, and it's uh, uh, I haven't even now oh, since that day I haven't stopped listening to you guys. Your humor and uh, the, the, the your mixture with, of humor and facts and uh, the commentary between you guys, it's. Uh, Something which always brings me back to listening to another episode of yours. Um, 
Additionally, with the, the commentary, I love how you go into so much detail and so show so much passion towards each and every team. Literally, um, no team is left left undiscussed. Um, this also helps me, uh, I'm, um, which keeps me more up to date um, and in the loop. Um, since not every day uh, I can be glued to the TV and watch every single game uh, there is. Um, um, I hope you you celebrate this momentous occasion. And again, congratulations on your 100th episode. And uh, I hope to see the next 100, let's see, be there, the next 100 episodes you make. Uh, cheers, guys, and enjoy. Thank you, Luca, for listening. Thank you for your participation in the group chat. You're hilarious. You're great. Um, thank you for giving the girls. No, it wasn't him. He didn't give the girls their first victory. Jamie did. Right? Was it Jamie or Luca? I think it was Jamie. Mm. Anyway, it never might mind. Have never been. mind. It Luca. might have been. But he's doing you. really well in Fanta. I think he's second. Yeah, he is. He is. Well done, Luca. And thank you very much. And thank you to everyone. This has been an amazing episode. The vibes have been immaculate. Yes. Yes. And. I mean, it's episode 100, so celebrate the journey a little bit, man. Just have a bit yeah. more of a lighthearted one. Um, getting our patrons on the episode, asking each other some random questions. Like, hopefully you learned a thing or two more about us. Jake, is, Jake loves Asian movies. <laughs> and, and Matthew uh, has had a traumatic sexual experience. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so... Yeah, good to be back as well. Obviously, my first uh, my first episode back, but next week we get to properly start again. Get into the nitty gritty. Getting into the nitty gritty. There's going to be a Derby d'Italia to cover, Derby d'Italia, Milan, Fiorentina. Oh, Excellent. Fucking hell. Looking forward to seeing you guys. Take care. Love you all. Love you.